yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. In the interest of not assuming anything, I did want to restate a core belief I hold around which this podcast is built. I believe very strongly that people should be told the truth and be allowed to make up their own mind on what to do with that information. I look at this like the foundation of the house that this whole podcast was built on, and I try really hard for my actions to match my words. Whether it is the government, your doctor, your friend, a parent, child, or just a complete stranger, being told the truth, or at least what they believe is the truth, I believe gives people the best chance at making an informed decision and making up their own mind. And I hope you all agree with that. I hope you want to be told the truth whenever possible. And yes, facts are facts, and there are opinions, and there are best guesses. Being honest starts with yourself. Do I know that to be true? That's something you should ask yourself before speaking. And yes, it is hard. It requires you to kind of turn down your ego and admit right off the bat that you may not know something or you don't know everything. Personally, I struggled with this my whole life. I was so competitive and, and who knows, maybe my ultra competitiveness is just my insecurities. But either way, it was very hard for me to admit out loud I didn't have all the answers. I'd get all worked up and feel so honored that someone wants to know what I think. And all of a sudden I'd put all this pressure on myself. I didn't want to let them down. I mean, they think I should know the answer and I'd be like, shit, should I know the answer? And whatever all that collective bag of shit was, just my proverbial baggage, whatever that is, that used to prevent me from being truly honest with myself and others. You may think a lie is reserved for just the malicious shit you say. Oh yeah, that dress looks great on you. But I feel it is important to acknowledge the other almost subconscious, unconscious little lies and treat them the same. Right? We mentioned the dangers of how experts speak the same on topics that they specifically studied and the topics that they only may have heard something in passing. In both cases, their responses will sound smart and informed, but really only one of those topics is the expert being truthful about. And we do that shit all the time. Or at least I, I used to do that shit all the time too. Someone would ask me a question or my opinion on something and I'd be able to go into my brain files and just start talking. And I'd give them whatever I had in my memory. And I never stopped and asked myself, wait, do I really know that? Did I look at both sides of this? Am I just repeating something I heard? So the information just starts coming out and I didn't vet it. I didn't even think about it. I just started talking. So if I believe so much in the truth, then I came to the realization that my actions needed to match my words. I realized I needed to be better with what comes out of my mouth. I started embracing the statement, I don't know. And Jesus H was that liberating. And guess what? The sun still came up the next day. My wife didn't leave me. My dick didn't fall off. You know, because I didn't know something. I wasn't stripped of my manhood. And even embracing the I don't know, it is still a daily battle I have with myself. I catch myself all the time just starting to give an answer. And then halfway through, I just say, ah, fuck it. You know what? I don't know. And it's funny, it's like in real time, the energy it takes to fill in the gaps in my knowledge is now my internal alarm that I have moved the conversation from my brain to my ass. Danger, danger, you're doing the thing that you hate, please stop. 
and then I'll stop myself mid-sentence and I'm a little disappointed with myself, but not today, ego. No more misinforming people because you don't want to get bruised. Next time someone asks you a question, play this fun game. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in your answer? 1 being totally uninformed guess and 10 being a fact. And after listening to the last episode, we all understand that there's only a small area of answers and information that should get a 10. The hard sciences like math and engineering, where there's only one right answer to a question, that gets a 10. But outside of that, you have to account for the possibility of being wrong. And also, next time someone answers one of your questions, ask them how confident they are about their answer. Hopefully, that will make them think about their answer, and maybe you get a little more insight into it. All that being said, I am in complete agreement with Thomas Sowell's statement, quote, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell people what they want to hear. I want to help people. And maybe because of my delivery or my tone or my sarcasm or my vocabulary or because I made you think, the fact that I want to help is sometimes lost. I don't do this to make myself feel better by making some people feel bad about not thinking for themselves. I'm not trying to shame anyone who thinks for themselves. And I'm not trying to judge anyone who thinks for themselves. But I do think those who blindly follow what people tell them deserve to be called out. And not because you're stupid for doing that. I mean, I think you are, but it deserves to be called out because your blind faith your unquestioned loyalty to your team or to a cause or to an idea makes you dangerous to the rest of us. And if the last three years has taught us nothing, many people seem to be under the delusion that other people are responsible for their health and safety. So I'll play along. So to be fair, surely we can all agree that if it's okay for someone to advocate for me to take a drug so they feel safe, it's okay for me to advocate for you to think for yourself so I feel safe. And this is where we would use our rational argument and reason to discuss both suggestions. Through negotiation, persuasion, and debate, we could avoid conflict and work towards peace and understanding. I would try and persuade you that you're responsible for your health and safety, and I am responsible for my health and safety. I will try like hell to get you to think for yourself. And at the same time, I understand there is a possibility I will be unable to achieve my goal. And I'll have to prepare for both outcomes. Because no matter how much I believe in what I'm doing, I can't lose sight of the rights people have to their life, liberty, and their pursuit of happiness. I don't want any one of you forcing me to do anything I don't want to do. So even if I believe with every fiber of my being that thinking for yourself is something you should do, whether you like it or not, it's for your own good. And I am just so convinced that this is what's best for you if you just listen to me. Outside of trying to convince you in a rational argument, if you don't agree, I'm done. That's the end of the uh, negotiation. Now this stops being a two-party thing and this is up to me. It's up to me to figure that out. I can't throw a temper tantrum because I didn't get my way. No matter how convinced I am that I'm right, I have to man the fuck up and figure out what am I going to do about it. 
I feel like not thinking for yourself is extremely dangerous to everyone in our society. I arrived at that conclusion because of numerous historical examples, what I think I know, and by my own personal experiences. We talked a lot on this podcast about Mao's China, the Holocaust, Stalin's Soviet Union. We've discussed historical examples where millions of people were murdered, millions more suffered because they did not think for themselves. The German philosopher George Heigl said, History is indeed little more than the register of the crimes, follies, and misfortunes of mankind. But what experience and history teach is this. The people and the governments have never learned anything from history or acted on principles deduced from it. No shit. Why do you think they say history repeats? Isn't it weird we can all look back at the treatment of the Jewish people during World War II and agree that the Jews shouldn't have been treated like they were subhuman? And similarly, can't we look back at slavery in our own country and agree that no man, woman, or child should have been three-fifths of a freaking human being because of a different skin pigmentation? Yet many of us were totally fine with treating the unvaccinated like second-class citizens who did not have the same rights to enjoy our fucking free and inclusive society. Listen, I don't have a team, but it's important to point out this poll to kind of make my point. And I'm not sure what date this was from, but it's kind of irrelevant. 55% of Democrat voters that were polled wanted to fine the unvaccinated. They wanted a monetary fine for being unvaccinated. 59% of those Democratic voters polled wanted to confine the unvaccinated indefinitely to their homes. 48% wanted to imprison those who questioned the vaccine. 47% favored the government tracking the unvaccinated individuals. And lastly, 29% of the Democratic voters polled favored removing the kids from unvaccinated parents. Red, blue, vaxxed, unvaxxed, doesn't matter. That shows me that there is a segment of our society that can condemn the treatment of the Jews in the 40s, condemn the treatment of the African Americans before, during, and after slavery in this country. They can believe very strongly that a woman has a right to choose if she wants to have an abortion or not. Hey, it's her body. Those same people then look at a person who does not want to take an experimental drug and think they are a threat to their health and safety. So because they're a threat, they should be treated like a threat and they should lose their rights. We should find them. We should jail them. We should take their fucking kids away. We should track them. We should not let them make their own decisions with their body. That does not make sense to me. And that is the part I find dangerous. If enough people got swept up in a not thinking for themselves, it gives those in power permission to do some pretty horrific shit in the name of health and safety. I love history. I love the scoreboard. I pay attention to the people who spoke out and tried to warn us, the ones who took risks to tell you the truth. They believed you'd be better off if you knew the truth. And those people that have been proven right, I put a lot of weight behind what they've said. I don't blindly follow or just accept them, but certainly I take it into consideration. And a lot of it seems to line up with what I'm experiencing and many other people are experiencing today. Nick, why are you so worried about people who don't think for themselves? Well, in addition to my own concerns, the smartest minds on the planet have been warning us for a long time. When Thomas Sowell says, one of the most pathetic and dangerous signs of our times 
is the growing number of individuals and groups who believe that no one can possibly disagree with them for any honest reason. That resonates with me because that is what I am observing as well. When I read Friedrich Nietzsche, one of the smartest philosophers ever, and he says, the individual has always had to struggle to keep from being overwhelmed by the tribe. If you try it, you will be lonely often and sometimes frightened, but no price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. Agreed. And that is what many of us experienced, right? The daily struggle to do what you think is right for you. The daily fight to resist the persuasion, coercion of people not being able to change your position with their emotional, factless arguments. All of those fights and all the resulting collateral damage was worth it to be yourself. The pride those brave souls feel having weathered that storm is incredible. But another storm is always around the corner. And when I read Anne Rand and she warns, we are fast approaching the stage of the ultimate inversion. The stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases while the citizens may act only by permission, which is the stage of the darkest period of human history, the stage of rule. I read that and I just look around and I just see an active assault on my choices. I find myself having to ask permission to enjoy things in my life. Oh, you like cooking on a gas stove? That's gone. You like driving a gas-powered car? That's gone. You like eating beef cattle? That's gone. Hey, you need a vaccine passport to eat at a restaurant. You need a vaccine passport to travel. You have a non-essential business? Sorry, you have to close. You have to wear a mask. You cannot leave your house. Stop bitching. This is for your health and safety. Meanwhile, while the citizens are begging to be able to earn a living and live their own life, those in charge ride around in their limos and private jets maskless on their way to eat Wagyu steak from a cow in a restaurant during a lockdown. Ladies and gentlemen, the stage of rule is what I'm worried about and propose that it can be avoided if you think for yourself. We can't rely on the historical examples of how these things go bad as being enough to prevent them from happening again. So the takeaways from today, be impeccable with your word. There's a reason why that's one of the four agreements. Be honest with yourself and others on what you know. Be upfront, qualify it, source it. Say you don't know if you don't know. I've only read an article on that topic is very different from reading six articles on both sides of a topic. So the way you communicate your opinion on both should be very different. Hey, sorry, I know very little about that topic. I've only read a little bit and here's what I read. Acknowledge that. You can't just answer a question like you're the fucking expert on the topic. And again, I agree with Thomas Sowell's assertion. When you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell people what they want to hear. See, I want to help you because I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Because if I wanted to help myself, I would tell you whatever you needed to hear to get something from you. Whether it was a subscription or money or a donation or a vote or whatever I need from you, I would blow smoke up your ass in order to get it. Information is power. You need to think for yourself. There is plenty 
plenty of information out there, easily accessible at your fingertips. You do not, you no longer have an excuse to be uninformed. And since I've been throwing out quotes all day today, here's another one to consider from Timothy Leary. The proper use of your brain is not endorsed by the federal government, nor huge corporations involved in serious financial profit from a brainwashed and enslaved population. Mild discomfort may occur as confusing independent thought challenges popular views of the world. Yep, that discomfort is the cognitive dissonance we've always talked about. Side effects of thinking for yourself may include bouts of loneliness, independent research, reading, asking questions, the odor of bullshit, and the loss of fake friends in your life who only like a version of you, that self-censored version of you. They don't even like the real you. History does not repeat, but it does instruct. Apply the historical lessons learned to today. The group labels and the names may have changed, but the warnings and the lessons learned remain the same. The price good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Well, Plato, I think you're right. I'm guilty. I have been indifferent to public affairs for much of my life. But not today, not tomorrow, and not ever again. The evil few can only rule if the many keep letting the few do their thinking for them. So what sayeth you, Aldous Huxley. The dictatorship of the future, I think, will be very unlike the dictatorships which we've been familiar with in the immediate past. I mean, take another book prophesying the future, uh, which was a very remarkable book, uh, George Orwell's 1984. Mm -hmm. Well, this book was written at the height of the Stalinist regime and just after the Hitler regime. And he, there he foresaw a dictatorship using entirely the methods of terror, the methods of physical violence. Uh, now, I, I think well, what is going to happen in the future is the dictators will find, as the old saying goes, that you can do everything with bayonets except sit on them. That if you want to preserve your power indefinitely, you have to get the consent of the ruled. And this they will do, partly by drugs, as I foresaw in... Uh, uh, in Brave New World, partly by these uh, new techniques of, uh, uh, of propaganda. Uh, they will do it by bypassing the sort of rational side of man and appealing to his uh, subconscious and his uh, deeper emotions and uh, his physiology even. And so making him actually love his slavery. I mean, I think this is the danger, that actually people may be in some ways happy under the new... A regime, but they will be happy in situation where they oughtn't to be happy. Now, but let me ask you this. You're talking about a world that could take place within the confines of a totalitarian state. Hmm. Let's become more immediate, more urgent about it. We believe, anyway, that we live in democracy here in the United States. Do you believe that this brave new world that you talk about uh, could, let's say, in the next quarter century, the next century, could come here to our shores? I think it could. I mean, I, I, that's why I feel it's so extremely important here and now to start thinking about these problems, not to let ourselves be taken by surprise by the uh, new advances in technology. I mean, the, for example, in, in regard to the use of the, of the drugs, we know there's enough evidence now 
for us to be able, on the basis of this evidence, and using a certain amount of creative imagination, to foresee the kind of uses which could be made in a, uh, by people of bad will with these things, uh, and to attempt to, to forestall this. And in the same way, I think, with these other methods of uh, propaganda, we can foresee and we can do a good deal to forestall. I mean, after all, um, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Just to know 